1: Yeah, the ending Yeah, it's alright, good on you yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast Remember, yeah, we don't spell it with a C We spell it with a K Sorry, Take it easy
0: Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet There's something there for everyone These guys cover local Chicago indie scene and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandafface.com the number two, HeelsAndAFace.com. Hey, everyone. My name is referee Tony S., and this is Heat, the wrestling podcast. Like you, first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan, and for nearly two decades, I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country, working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present, and future. Now, I bring my authoritative, tell-it-like-it-is style to the podcast world. Join me each week as we go through all the major headlines from the global companies, independents, and in-between. And most importantly, the women will receive the coverage and headlines they truly deserve as they'll empower the second half of the show. Plus, I'll introduce you to my friends and colleagues within all forms of wrestling and entertainment, answer your questions, anything goes, no holds, well, questions barred, and throw in some fun surprises along the way. Get ready for the spark that fuels the flame. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another episode of the Front Row Material Brand. My name is Mike Freeland, and as always, we're brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. Check out all of our episodes on MLWRadio.com. You can also catch us on Stitcher, iTunes, FM Player, Apple iTunes, and all points in between. Now, the podcast is not, it is not a charged podcast. That's right. It's absolutely free. So if you know some wrestling fans or somebody who would enjoy our podcast, please, by all means, go ahead and let them know that we are able to be found anywhere your fine podcasts are made available. With that being said, let me go ahead and bring him in. He is my neighbor from another country. His name is The Butt. Christopher Butt, how you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing well, Mike. How are you?
0: Oh man! If I was any better, I'd be twins. I am doing fantastic. Uh we didn't get together last week, so it's, it's been a little bit of a a lull between conversations with you and I.
1: Yeah, it's been two weeks. Yeah, you, uh, you were busy. I had a whole twenty five minutes notice last week. It was good.
0: I know. I know. I know. If I feel bad about that, I've been. I was going crazy. I went out on a school trip and with my students and i thought that i'd have enough time to squeeze in the show as i was packing and getting stuff ready and doing all this stuff and then at the end of the day i thought oh my god i'm gonna i had to be at school literally at 6 a.m so i was like i gotta i gotta get myself some sleep so unfortunately uh it, it didn't happen last week but we're here back and better than ever this week talking about pro wrestling
1: well we're back i don't know about better than ever but we're back
0: back. that's what counts. That's all that matters. You get an E for effort, right?
1: A participation trophy. That's right.
0: Um, Let's talk about a few things that are happening in the world of wrestling. I first want to kind of touch upon um, WWE's road to WrestleMania really is becoming... uh, Things are starting to come into perspective here as far as certain matches that are going to be happening. Obviously, we still do not know all of the details uh, regarding all of the matches but some of them are coming to fruition right now let me ask you this butster uh, what was your thoughts uh, let's just kind of start off with the elimination chamber that happened in Montreal a few days ago
1: that was a very good show but nobody in the right mind can complain about that show no right I mean it, it was good top to bottom there was no real dud matches. It was definitely worth watching. You no know, some definitely some surprises. You know. Uh I don't follow a lot of WWE as you know, so it was a couple of surprises for me. Pleasant surprises. Uh fortunately Sammy didn't win. Not that anybody thought Sammy was gonna win, but you still had hope. But I did anyhow. Right, uh no the, that that card top to bottom was fantastic. I did not see the uh press conference after. So I'm not sure how that went. Uh, a local promoter, uh, guy, I know a little bit, he's a reporter as well, and he was at at the show and whatnot and he was asking some of the questions after, so that was kinda of cool. I've seen highlights of it online, but All right, but yeah, that was about it. Um I don't know, I'm just trying to think of what wow, would be some of a... the... Nikki Cross. Yes. Is cracked. She's nuts. She's a little different. Fantastic. Oh, love. she's a
0: tremendous wrestler.
1: Absolutely love her. Yes. Right. Um, Montez, whose name's escaping me right now, Street Profit guy. Montez Ford? Montez Ford, yes. I was thinking... Porter for some reason. Uh he was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I don't even start, Mike. It's too early in the show yet. Not saying shit. Keep going. Right. Uh he, he was fantastic. I hope the injury angle was a work. I hope he wasn't really hurt. I haven't heard anything about it. Uh so I uh, hopefully was, he's not really banged up like that. Especially considering it could have been a head injury if it was. Sure. That's bad news bears all around. You don't want that. I you agree. Know. But yeah, anybody that watched that show that, that didn't enjoy it, stop watching Wrestle. Just give it up.
0: Yeah, but it was, uh, that was a good show. It was a good show. You're absolutely right. And uh, before we kind of break down some more about the show, there was some really interesting news about um, WWE Elimination Chamber. Let me see if I can pull this up here. Let me pull it up here. Here we go. Um, WWE breaks all-time gate and viewership records for the Elimination Chamber, and this is by Yahoo!, WWE Elimination Chamber 2023 makes history. WWE announced the Elimination Chamber broke several records for the company, specifically the records pertaining to the Chamber's event itself. Now, since 2010, the Elimination Chamber event has been a significant draw and a one-stop before the road to WrestleMania. It replaced the former WWE No Way Out event. Now, in 2023, the Elimination Chamber emanated from the Bell Center in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. WWE has announced that it's the highest-grossing, most-viewed Elimination Chamber event of all time. Now, there's obviously a lot of different um, press releases that have come out from WWE. You can read those on your own time. However, what I will say uh, is it financially was incredibly successful. Um, I didn't notice this before, but I, I guess it shows you how little I pay attention at times, but the chamber structure itself had changed as well. Did you notice that?
1: No, I did not. Well, it yeah, was different.
0: The, the chamber itself changed a little bit, just as far as, do you remember the old chamber when somebody was going like on the top rope or something where they were going, they had to like kind of modify the way they would jump off. So they wouldn't like hit their head on the top of it. Yes. So they've modified that. So that's not something that's an issue, Um, which I think is good, which I think is really, really good. If you haven't got a chance to see elimination chamber, it is on replay right now on the Peacock network. So definitely go ahead and check that out. I highly recommend it. Let's go ahead and let's talk a little bit about what happened on the big event itself. Who were the winners and who were the losers? Um, When I think about this particular individual, You know, I think that this person was hot at one time, then severely cooled off, but now I feel like she's getting hot again, and that's Asuka. Many of you know that she has gone through kind of a a repackaging of sorts, and she was successful. She won the women's version of the Elimination Chamber, which was a big surprise, at least to me it was, but it looks like Asuka is definitely ready for more big things to come. Let me ask you, but do you feel like Oscar in some ways did kind of cool down for a while? And it was time. Sometimes you need a little repackaging.
1: She definitely cooled down. I mean, she, she was more than cold. She was ice cold there for a little while. Unfortunately, Uh, she was, she was at the top of the mountain and she's amazing. Oscar is fantastic. It just don't, uh, whether it be the gimmick, just wasn't working. The story, Telling wasn't working. Something went off, and so now she's coming back, repackaged a little bit, and it's fantastic. Uh, I like this. She seems um, edgier. But She's got a bit of a chip on her shoulder, and, and I like it. Uh, I like this new gimmick. She puts on. When's the last time you seen a bad Oscar match? I cannot realistically. Name one. I she's can't name one. Always a good match. Yes. Right. So I figured why not give her another chance at the belt? You know, would it hurt to maybe spread the belt around a little bit? Yeah, maybe it it would benefit. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Once again, I'm biased. Well known fact. I'd like to see Natty get the belt at least once before she retires. She's earned it. Um, I'm glad Carmella. Didn't win the Elimination Chamber? No, that's got off. I, I wouldn't have done well with that, I don't think. No. Uh, who did you see winning the Chamber, Mike?
0: Um, You know, I did see, I, I did have a strong feeling with, as much as they were pushing Asuka, that, that she definitely, I mean, she came back, she was fresh, repackaged. She's got a new look that she's rocking right now. So I feel like she had a lot going for her. And I had a strong feeling they were going to make a big push for her, especially because they need somebody to go against Bianca Belair when it comes to WrestleMania. And really, to be honest with you, of the women who were in the chamber match, who do you think was most likely to put on a great WrestleMania match with Bianca Belair and clearly was going to be Asuka? And that's going to draw the most eyeballs. And you got to go with what's going to draw the most eyeballs. Mm -hmm. Asuka was a huge main event person, um, a a player in the game, as we remember when uh, Becky Lynch had to walk away when she had her child. This was during the pandemic where Asuka was actually awarded the Raw Women's Championship. And I don't know if that necessarily that title defense or that title reign really felt right but it was what they did during the pandemic and you do what you got to do at the time. But I feel like now she's getting an opportunity to really become something and she's going to be taking on Bianca Belair. Bianca is white hot right now and it's going to be really hard to see her lose the title. So this may be one of those matches that is an absolute just tooth and nail type of match. Um, I don't know if we see Asuka go over. I think we see her get close. This may lead to a uh, WWE WrestleMania backlash rematch. We often see that at times when matches go really well at WrestleMania. They usually run it back about a month later at Backlash. And I could see maybe at that point in time, maybe Asuka grabbing the title. But for the sake of WrestleMania, you got to stick with what's hot right now. And that's definitely going to be Bianca Belair. But I think she's been going hard for a while. And it might be some time to maybe give her a little vacation and uh, and let Oscar run with the belt for a while. But I think no matter what you what you do or the way you look at it, Asuka is definitely ready to go. She's healthy. I mean, 100% healthy for the first time in a long time. She's been nicked up and banged up for forever. Had to take time off. She would come back, take some more time off, come back. Now she's finally ready to go, healed up. And I think we're going to see the best of Asuka uh, still to come.
1: Yeah, uh, I can see why not. Uh, with the, her getting the belt last time when she was given the belt, I don't think that helped her. Because, you know, I guess she just, uh, you respect it more when somebody wins it. I don't know. If, right. I might not have worded that properly, but, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just well, exactly, when they're handed you're it from. to them, then it's like, nah. versus when they win it in a match it's a little more looked on a little more positively. No, I agree with you.
0: I agree a hundred percent. And I, I like where they're going with this because when it comes to the women in WWE, I feel like and in some people may, you know, be upset when I say this, but it's few and far between when they got some really good talent. I mean, we've seen, and I think we're a little nauseated by seeing this, but Charlotte Flair. Mm-hmm. Charlotte Flair being the champion has gotten a little bit much, a little redundant. She's almost she's almost on the level of the Roman Reigns of the women's division. She's always got the title, and not to say that she doesn't deserve it, but it just becomes a little repetitive, and you want to move it around a little bit. Um, it's now confirmed she's going to be taking on Rhea Ripley, because Rhea Ripley won the Women's Royal Rumble uh, in January. Um, let me ask you this: Do you? How do you feel like the women's division is shaping up right now? I mean, Ronda's kind of out of the picture as of right now. Things seem to not be so great as far as the women's tag division is concerned. Um, I think less said, the better when it comes to that. But when it comes to just the overall women's action in WWE, do you feel like there's anybody right right now that's ready to become a breakout star?
1: Ra- Raquel Gonzalez. Yeah, I, I think she could be uh, good look. Right? she like does a very pretty lady mm-hmm. but she can wrestle too and she's, she's very she's much huge good. she yeah, how tall is she she's uh, she's over six foot uh, like she's a big woman and i and i don't say that disparaging she but she's large uh, let's see here
0: um, let me spell her first name again oh is it raquel i think so Raquel Gonzalez, not to be confused with Johnny Gonzalez. Let's see here. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez, also known as Victoria Gonzalez. Let's see here. What is her details? She's exactly six foot. Six foot 177.
1: I mean, she's, she's a big woman, big imposing you know, she is. She's gonna give you your power moves, but she can actually wrestle too. She's not well, just uh you know big and that's all. Let's
0: right? let's talk about this for a second because obviously we know Asuka won and Asuka's moving on to WrestleMania to challenge Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship. So that's kind of set. We tried the Live Morgan experience. I think we, we've talked about that for several weeks. Um the Live Morgan the Liv Morgan era, I don't know how that's actually going to be remembered. Probably not very fondly. And that's not a diss to, to her. I just don't feel like either she was quite ready for it or they prepared her to succeed well enough. But you had you had Liv Morgan. You had Asuka. You had Raquel. You had Carmella. You had your girl, Natty. And then obviously uh, Little Miss Crazy Bones. Uh-huh. Which you seem to be a big fan of.
1: Uh, just her gimmick is amazing. She's she's off her rocker. She is right, but she can wrestle. She's not just a uh, playing the gimmick of a, a nut job, and that's she's not Eugene. Well, she can I mean, actually wrestle. She
0: can, and and I, and I think we're we're all glad that that um, Nikki Ash gimmick is is over, the, the yes. superhero gimmick. I, I don't know how that became a thing, but it was corny. It was just... Uh, that, that, that just didn't sit well with me. I, I feel like she's way too talented to be put in some goofy getup. She needs to be herself. She needs to have that kind of psycho, almost kind of a Bray Wyatt slash Waylon Mercy slash... I don't even I know, like ultimate warrior, uh, all in wrapped up in a woman. Um, I because yeah. I feel like she's got that that craziness. Do you know what I mean?
1: No, she that gimmick suits her to a T. She plays it perfect. But now, getting back to the superhero gimmick, that does work in some cases. Okay, it so let's talk about when her. the
0: superhero gimmick does work. So let's go over the Hurricane. Did it
1: work? Yes. Okay. He was over Lake Rover, Rosie. Yes, not to the extent, don't shake your head at me, Michael, not to the extent the hurricane, no, but it worked. Superhero in training, S-H-I-T, really? He, he was the shit.
0: Uh, he was shit. Um, I don't know, like, I, I'm i with you when it comes to gimmicks, but I'm also to the point where I you can't go so far in one direction that it becomes cartoonish like we're not in the eighties anymore or the early nineties. Like we we've kind of gotten away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but once again, that's the thing about wrestling though. You I mean you've got Danhausen, who clearly is selling merchandise at a high rate over in AEW. He's over orange. Cassidy has a really goofy gimmick, let's be honest, but he actually is getting over with the audience. So, so maybe it's just one of those things where I, I guess if it, you can fit it into the show, go with it to a certain degree, um, I just don't know how many people are truly behind those kinds of 80s gimmicks. I don't know.
1: Well, people like Dan Housen, I still don't know what his gimmick is. He's just... I, this... I don't understand it. I he's don't... just
0: a creepy, like, uh, Dracula type of guy. I mean, he's got a YouTube channel that you can watch, and he's done all different kinds of episodes. You should watch it sometime if you have time. You should sit down and watch. I mean, on the indies, they give you a transformation. So if you if you go on YouTube and you put in Danhausen, it's a really good video. I don't want to say it's very long. It's like five minutes or so. And these two guys kind of chronicle Danhausen when he first came into wrestling, all the way to where he is now, and how his character arc, where it started to where it is now, and how it got there. So it's really really good. I, for my own taste in wrestling, it's not for me but that doesn't mean it's maybe not for you. It might be.
1: Does he wrestle? I can only think of him having a couple matches. Dan Housen
0: has only wrestled a couple of times since he's been in AEW. Yeah, I want to say three. I mean, and when I say wrestle in AEW, I don't mean Dark Elevation YouTube stuff. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking either on Dynamite or on Rampage. If it doesn't happen on those two shows, I don't really necessarily consider it wrestling in AEW. Am I wrong by saying that? Maybe a little bit.
1: I mean, Dark and Elevation, it's still wrestling. It's just it, it's not it's not on TV.
0: It's not publicized. You don't really get to
1: Well YouTube's pretty uh you, know, <laughs> you can watch it all on YouTube. You can more people watch YouTube than they watch TNT. I bet.
0: That wouldn't surprise me. I think you're probably pretty accurate on that. Um, but this this elimination um, chamber match, I mean, you you worked in Carmella, which I don't really know where is going to fit long term in WWE. I just don't. I feel like she's been she's been around for a while now, and I don't really feel like she ever really got her footing. And I hate to say it, if it hasn't happened now, I don't necessarily know if it's going to happen. I don't think you can just become this breakout star from being in oblivion for, for so long. I think she's one of those filler type of wrestlers. If that makes sense, she's there, but I don't think you're ever really going to go with her, uh, as you would with a Raquel or as if you would go with an Oscar or even a Nikki. Um, but then you have Natty as well. And I, and I feel bad because I kind of throw Natty in that same conversation too, because Natty is, yes, she is, She's a really good wrestler, but I really don't necessarily know if she has a certain niche, if that makes sense. Like, she's not going for the title. She's not in the tag team title competition. She's just kind of an extra wrestler that they throw in when they need someone really good. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. Uh, I wouldn't put her in the same category as Carmella.
0: Well, just as as, as a an extra person to put in a
1: match. Mm, no. <laughs> no, Natty is your your gatekeeper. She's the one that you want to get somebody over. You have Natty wrestling. or if you want to see if somebody's got the jam, you have Natty wrestling. because she'll
0: Come on if she's the jam.
1: If she has the jam, if she what has the hell is the has the jam. Oh, Linda, is that, a Canadian, that no, a Canadian thing? No, not Canadian thing.
0: Yeah, she, she has
1: the jam. Yeah, she, ha- Linda. How to explain that? Star quality. There's star quality. Okay,
0: so she's, she, Okay, Linda your wife says things man. more eloquently. Star yeah, she quality. She says
1: things more eloquently. She's smarter than me.
0: Well, I mean that's yes, she is. She's very intelligent. You married up, my friend. Um. Know. But okay, okay, so she has star quality. I agree with you 100%. She does, and she's very talented at what she does. Can you explain to me, and we've gone back and forth about this, why is she not more involved? I because don't know. I really can't come up with it unless she's very happy where she's at her role right now.
1: Never will could be. How long has she been in WWE now? Long time. Let me go ahead and look in the old roll it <coughs> up information. She's been around fifteen or sixteen
0: years, you think? Um, I would I would probably say pretty close to that. Let's see here, Natty Nyhard. Yada, 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 pro wrestling career. So she was on the independent circuits from 2000 to 2007 and late to 2000, 2001. She was a ring announcer for Eric Bischoff's promotion called Matt Ratz. Now, if you remember, Matt Ratz was something Eric did after WCW folded. In 2003, she began working at the Hart Family's wrestling promotion. Uh, What else did she do? Let's see. When did she come to WWE bear with me um and she's married to Tyson Kidd right Correct. okay and she was trained by Bruce uh she was in developmental in 2007 she was in WWE developmental territories in 2007 so so technically within the company around 07 the Hart Dynasty actually started in 2009 Um, Where it was her, Davey Boy Smith Jr. and Tyson Kidd. That was from 2009 to 2010. She was the Divas (laughs) champion from 2010 to 2011. Um, I want to say that was the last time she was a champion. Yeah. She went on to manage Tyson Kidd and Cesaro in 2014 and 2015. She's was a part of the Women's Revolution that happened in 2016. Uh, she was the SmackDown Women's Champion, I stand corrected, from 2016 to 2018. And hmm. then she uh, aligned herself with Ronda Rousey from after she lost the title until 2019. And now she's competing in the Raw Tag Division. So she was in WWE developmental all the way back in 2007. She won her first championship
1: in 2010. Yeah, so 2007, how many years ago was that? 17 years. So she's been around for a while. I just think she's, she's going to be your talent that you're always going to want to have around because she's always going to do what's right for business. Mm-hmm. She just doesn't restrict me as a person to politic herself to the top.
0: Well, also her husband is one of the agents as well. So I wonder if she's going to be looked at as being someone who's going to groom, or maybe she's already doing this, grooming the women's division to become more of you know, what they want the product to be. And I'm I'm thinking that maybe what it is, they may be putting her in a higher role backstage, and then still having her compete on television, but still mainly using her in a um developing role. Look to do with Molly Holly. Mo- yeah, because Molly Holly's freaking amazing.
1: Same she- thing, amazing talent. Never yes. really got a huge push. I agree. Right, but Molly Holly used to work with the, the talent in the back and stuff like that. So I think it's going to be along the same lines as that.
0: So we had our first match here. And if you want to follow along with me right now, um, I am actually going on to Bleacher Report. And this is by Eric Beeston. And he's giving all of his grades. So I'm going to go down these grades. And I want to know what your thoughts are as far as if you agree, if you disagree, or you think it's pretty spot on. They gave the opening match for the women's Elimination Chamber a solid B. Uh, Would you agree with that or would you say you would nudge it a little higher?
1: No, B is fair. I think that's it was a great match.
0: It was a great match. There
1: there was nothing bad about that match. Just just nobody could watch that and be like, "Uh, I didn't like that. I didn't like this. They shouldn't have done that. Nobody could. It was just a good, solid match.
0: Cannot disagree with you on that one. Um... Let's go ahead and let's move on from that one itself. Um, We had Bobby Lashley taking on Brock Lesnar, and, and this one's a super controversial match for the simple fact that there's a lot of people out there wondering if this was the way it was supposed to end because it was really abrupt and it seemed weird in a way, but I could also see it in a way of Brock just couldn't get out of the Hurt Lock, so he had to get himself DQ'd. But let me ask you this. The match didn't go very long. Um, What was your thoughts on Bobby Lashley taking on Brock Lesnar?
1: It wasn't bad. Uh, It was short. Um, The in-ring was fine. The end was weird for for him to, (laughs) to lose on a DQ like that. Uh, I hadn't heard that people think there was something to it. I never thought there was anything to it. Personally, I just thought it's their building. I don't think you're going to have two of those guys do a 25- or 30-minute match. They're just just—they're not built for that, I don't think. Not at this point. They're both a little bit older now. They're both giants, right? Both in great shape. But still, when you get a little bit older, it's to pull off a 25- 30-minute match, it's, it's, it's tough. Right, I no, I didn't. I didn't have an issue with the match. Well, maybe it could have been a little bit longer. Uh, end was odd. I'm Not saying bad. It was odd. But the the match until that was fine. If anything, it makes Lashley's hurt lock look a little more legit. It
0: definitely does. And I'm glad you brought like that he up. He
1: can't get out of. Brock can't break out of. It. He's got a cheat to get out of it rather than tap. that. That gives it a little more relevance at that point.
0: Uh, Very good point that you're making there because, you know, for so long, Brock Lesnar has been looked at as this dominant beast. And he's been the guy that nobody can really get through or get past unless they either, you know, take the low road. I mean, what we've seen with um, with Dean Ambrose, I want to say it was at WrestleMania. Dean Ambrose took on Brock Lesnar and it was a, I believe it was a street fight. And it was an anything goes type of deal, but much like you see in many Brock Lesnar matches, they have to do something. To it can't just be straight wrestling with Brock because Brock will just wear you down and, and dominate you, and that's the way they've booked him for since two thousand and two. Mm-hmm. But now, when we see Bobby Lashley, and Bobby Lashley right now is one of the big baby faces in the company. He is a baby face on the sheets inside. Uh, the company itself right now. So Bobby was going into this match as the baby face. Brock was going in as the heel. However, I feel like that kind of, that dynamic changed a lot as the match went on, especially during the DQ, because it wasn't like a lot of people were upset about what happened with the DQ. So, but talk to us a little bit about what was happening the last few moments of that match. What led up to,
1: uh, the, the official ending of the match. Well, as best as like, the actual end was just, was, uh, he had him in the hurt lock and he yeah. low blowed him. I mean, it was pretty, uh... that was the end. There wasn't much more yeah. true than that. I don't, well, yeah, so, I don't so, know what else you want to say on that part. So, Bobby, <laughs> Bobby goes,
0: Bobby yeah, had him in the hurt lock. He gets, obviously, they do the between the legs you know, backwards kick into the nuts and Bobby goes down. The crowd cheers Brock Lesnar. And then it's almost as if like Brock just goes off on a very heelish way and puts Bobby through, you know, the announce table and does all these things. Yeah. But he gets cheered. Let me ask you something here. Who turned out to be the baby face when everyone was heading back through the curtain, which is it still Bobby who we think is the baby face? Or do you think at some point it changed and, and now Brock is now the baby face.
1: No, Bobby's still your baby face. Uh, Brock is just, he's kind of, I wouldn't call him a heel. Uh, I don't, I don't consider Brock a heel. A little unhinged, and I'm sure that that's the gimmick they're going with for him. Now, you know, he's a little, Aggressive. He's always been, well, violent, for lack of better words. Right? I mean, as Randy Orton. And, you know, no. he, he hard weighed him.
0: He hard weighed him something terrible.
1: Right? But it's just, I think that's just the gimmick. But people like that, though. Even though Bobby's still going to be your baby face, people like when your heel is, well, a little bit out there. Yeah. A little bit nasty type thing. So he, he'd still be seen as the heel. But when you see something like that, because he's, he's just over, period. Brock is over, whether he's a heel or a face. Doesn't make any difference. He's been around, like you said, since 2002. He's been a UFC star. You know, back in wrestling again. Everybody love him. You know, and his gimmick has changed a lot. Now with the the cowboy gimmick ish type of thing he's doing now, which I like it. Honestly, I don't I don't have an issue with it. But I think he's just he's gonna be a heel, but he's never gonna be a a hated heel. If that makes sense, like he's 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 gonna be a bit of a cheater, you no, know, but he's not gonna be a guy to despise. I don't know if that makes any sense whatsoever, but... We, we saw
0: something like this with Stone Cold Steve Austin, though, didn't we? Stone Cold Steve Austin was supposed to be playing the heel role, but it didn't really happen because people cheered him when he was doing heel-ish, if that's the phrase we want to use, heel-ish tactics. Now, Brock's doing these heel-ish tactics. He's still getting cheered as well. Do you think this may change the mindset as far as the booking is concerned for Brock? Do you think that between now and you know, where this leads? I mean, some people say that this could lead to a match at WrestleMania. Would do you think that would be a good idea in your opinion?
1: A match with who at WrestleMania? With Bobby, with, uh, Bobby Lashley. No, they they couldn't change they couldn't change it. They couldn't be uh, have him kind of a little bit of a heel, a little bit of a baby face, and have him run it for. For WrestleMania, not at this point. No, that that's a little bit too late, I think. But you'd have to change so much; it'd be yeah. it'd be a un unbelievable. Be just no. So I don't see that happening. I could see him changing, uh, creative. Uh, I mean, changing it if people start to just cheer him when he's going offside and doing the cheating or busting up tables and whatnot. And people start cheering him. Well, they kind of have to make him a point. baby face, right. but not a true baby face. And I think that would be more the gimmick they would go with there. That would be that would be the angle. You no, know, yeah, he's still a bad guy. Kinda, he cheats and you no, know, he'll put you through a table or whatnot. But we kind of want you to cheer him at the same time. He's the the anti-hero type of thing, I think mean, that's what he'd be. I don't know. I don't know if he'd ever get to the Stone Cold level. You know, we're, we're going to be a long time for you to see that again.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I, mean, I think it's a little along those lines. Possible, a little too late in his career to start to start hitting that momentum. I agree with you. Um, the match itself. Let me go here and let me see what Bleacher Report gave that one for a rating. What? what, Let me ask you this as I'm pulling this up. What would you give that match, Bobby versus Brock? I mean, just considering that a lot of the action happened after the bell. I'd go B minus. Well, I think that'd be accurate. Bleacher Report's giving it a C plus. Well, I'd say more or less the same. Yeah, C plus on that one. Um, let's go ahead and let's talk about this one. This one was an exciting one. In in my opinion, I really liked it a lot. I really feel like we're getting the most out of her that we've gotten in a very long time, if not ever in her career edge and Beth Phoenix took on Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. And I'm a little surprised in some regards. Um, I think they were in a difficult situation when they made this match because obviously, you have Edge and Beth Phoenix, who are the baby faces. Obviously, Judgment Day is going to be the heel. But you have Rhea Ripley, who is going to be taking on uh, Charlotte for the championship at WrestleMania. Do you really want to have her taking a loss this soon to WrestleMania? Or is it different if it happens in a tag match?
1: That's a little bit different. Ideally, no, you don't want her to lose a month out or. Whatever six weeks or whatever it is. No, you don't want her to. But now when you're losing to two Hall of Famers in a tag match, that's a bit different. If she just lost to Beth straight up, like a clean loss, that would be bad. That that would just be terrible. But in a, in this type of situation, I don't think it's a big deal.
0: I don't know about you, but Beth Phoenix is freaking awesome. Like Beth Phoenix, in my opinion, could easily main event WrestleMania against a Charlotte. She could easily go against a Bianca Belair. She has the look. She has the talent. I feel like this is the best version of her we've seen, and I know she obviously doesn't want to do this full-time again, and obviously Edge is, is heading down the retirement road as well, but I'm telling you right now, Beth Phoenix is amazing right now, and I'm a little surprised that she's not somehow worked into a match right now for WrestleMania, but it looks like right now that's not going to be happening. But what was your thoughts on this tag match? I mean, you got Finn Balor, who is an amazing talent without a shadow of a doubt. You have Rhea Ripley, who we talked about just a minute ago, is heading to WrestleMania to take on Charlotte Flair, which I think we all believe that she's going to be crowned champion. It's She is due for that. She's due for that. She deserves it on a big stage, and that should be hers. But yep. on the flip side, you got Edge and Beth Phoenix, and it just kind of feels like it was a one-off type of deal. And it was Edge kind of getting his final revenge against Judgment Day, a faction that he created. And I wonder if that kind of ends the the feud or at least try to start to close the door on that. Um, but now they're starting to speculate what's going to be happening. It looks like we're going to get an Edge-Finn Balor match at WrestleMania. So I've just said a whole bunch of things. What was your thoughts on this match first?
1: The match was amazing. Uh Edge and Beth, like, I mean, they're getting a little bit older, but they're still putting off dynamite matches. Same same is with the elimination chamber. This is a match. If you didn't enjoy it, I don't know what to tell you. Just stop. Just just stop. Turn it off. Don't watch no more wrestling. Put on battle bots or something. I don't know what to tell you. It's, that, was, that was fantastic. And I agree with you 100%. Beth is probably better now than when she was a full-time wrestler. Or she damn much her just as good.
0: Yeah, she does.
1: I mean, she she doesn't need to be doing this. You know, if she's doing it, she's doing it because she wants to type of thing. This is not a necessity. I don't think we'll ever see her come back to a full-time thing. I think it's just a swan song for her and her husband are going to ride on into the sunset together type of thing. I think that's what it is. Now, if they have the Edge and Finn Balor match, that's going to be a banger. That is going to be a solid match there. The the beautiful thing with, with Beth and Rhea, what I thought anyhow, is you got the older, previous generation, not older, she's not old, but the previous generation... With the newer generation the styles are different you know the gimmicks are different uh you know the environment is different everything's different from when beth was there you had your divas titles and all that mm-hmm. stuff they don't have that no more now the women are wrestlers they're not just pure eye candy no more That thankfully that day is come and gone For as much as i enjoyed it it's it's best that it's come and gone realistically so it's just nice to see that, you know. And and I'm sure when you bring somebody in like Beth, she's going to help the younger talent. You know, I don't know if she'll have them sit under the learning tree, per se. But you would think that she's got to be like, hey, this is what, you know, will work, won't work type of thing. She's been there. She's done that. So you would assume that she has that role going as well, much like Edge. This is just their farewell farewell Torx, excuse me and that's that's how that's basically going to go out
0: I think it's going to be really interesting heading into Wrestlemania because it looks like you're going to have Edge and Finn Balor go at it and I think like you said before that's going to be a good match Um, but I just I want to see more Beth I really do because I feel like there's so much more that Beth has left to give before she officially says goodbye. And it's been, I think they talked about it. It's it's a year in between her matches. That's a long time, you know, but she obviously, she trains really hard and she gets in the ring and she tries to continue to stay, you know, in ring shape and to keep up with somebody like a Rhea Ripley is a, is a testament because Rhea Ripley has definitely, she has the engine that just keeps going and going and going. And that's why, I feel like now's the time to go ahead and, and promote her and make her the the face. But here's the thing. If Rhea Ripley beats Charlotte Flair and she becomes SmackDown Women's Champion, what does that mean for the Judgment Day? What's going to happen with that? I think it'll be interesting the closer we get. I wonder if this faction is going to be a long-term thing or a short-term thing. Um, I guess we're just going to have to find out with that one. Bleacher Report gives this match a B. What's your thoughts on this one? I feel like it should have been a little higher.
1: Yeah, I could see it being a little bit higher. A B is not completely off track, but I go B plus. It was just, it was an enjoyable match, plain and simple. It had everything you want in there. You no, know, you got your nostalgia factor. You got your newer generation of wrestlers coming in. The in-ring work was amazing. To me, I would have went with a B plus personally, but a B, yep, that's you're, you're there.
0: Our next match says so Montez Ford, Johnny Gorgano, Seth Rollins. Um I I want to keep calling him Jonah. Uh Bronson Reed. Austin Theory, and then finally the final member of Judgment Day, Damian Priest. Those five guys went at it, and I will tell you this right now. It's not a big star-studded lineup. I mean, yes, you have Seth Rollins in there, who's really, really good. But Johnny Gargano had been regulated to NXT for such a long time. Bronson Reed has been gone for a long time, but he wasn't severely, or wasn't really pushed big-time when it came to him being in NXT, crossing over into the main roster. And I feel like Damian Priest is one of those guys who is right there on the verge of kind of cresting over. Um, But once again, this match really surprised me. It was a great men's match. We saw saw Johnny take a lot of risks. We saw a lot of high-flying moves from Montez, which sometimes I think he, he should have slowed it down a little bit, but... He had the stage, and he was going to take care of it. Um, what was your thoughts on this match, and who stood out to you as, you know what, this person
1: really shined out tonight? Probably Montez, will would yeah. be the guy that, for me. Um, <laughs> you look at it, you, you think of him as a tag team wrestler. Yeah, because realistically, that's what he is, right? Uh, he, he looked great. You know, the, when he was climbing up the top, and did kind of like his Back flip while still holding on to the cage, or however you want to describe whatever the hell he did there. But it was, it was excellent. Uh, for me, he probably would have been my standout. Uh, one disappointing thing, I'm still, I don't understand the Austin theory, the Austin theory gimmick to push the. Anyway, I don't get it. So it does it just doesn't make any sense to me. Personally, I don't I don't get that character. I can't get behind him. I don't see the draw or the appeal to him. And I never quite realized how small Johnny Dargano is. He's tiny. Like he is a little man. He's, great he's great athlete. Amazing wrestler. But like wow, he's he's small, small. He looks up to Hornswoggle. Um, well, he's not in the left, It's That's kind of mean.
0: So the, the match itself surprised me. Once again, I, I'm kind of in the same boat you are. I'm not a big fan of Austin Theory. I think that Austin Theory, as a wrestler, can wrestle incredibly well, and he's very talented. But I don't really understand his gimmick. Like, what is Austin Theory? Is he just this obnoxious, brash, cocky, next-generation guy who sees himself, you know, almost kind of like an MJF? Like, I'm a generational talent. You know, please look at me at all. eyes should be on me, but I don't really understand his whole, his whole persona where you have Johnny wrestling, who clearly through his days in NXT was known as the guy who could go and go and go and have these great, great matches. Uh, Bronson Reed. I mean, at one point he was, you know, the, oh my gosh, what was that championship? I, I can imagine it in my eyes right now. It was the it's got the red strap on it. Red strap on it. what? It was the NXT uh, North American Championship. Okay. So I thought that that he's really good. But what really also surprised me was Montez Ford. You know, I I don't know necessarily what this means. If they're seeing more in him than they are in his tag team partner, maybe it's time to kind of start leaning in that direction. Um, I don't know if Dawkins is is where they want him to be, but I thought it was a good mixture. And I thought it was all led by Seth Rollins who did an amazing job getting all of these guys over getting over Damian priest, which was huge, really making Jonah look like this big monster that he really should have been when he came out of NXT. And then obviously Johnny wrestling doing his crazy stuff, which I was, I was surprised he wasn't taken out on a stretcher at one point. He also took things a little too far and his health kind of concerned me on that. But um, overall in this match, what would you say? We we talked about Montez Ford being the guy who really shined. What would you say was um, your thoughts on the match itself?
1: Excellent. Uh, one word answer. It was excellent. Uh, I don't know how else to put it. It had everything you wanted. You had your crazy spots, and there was a fair number of them. Like you said, Johnny Gargano. Oh, man, like he, I, I. Sometimes I think with him, and this is nothing negative about him at all. I don't think he realizes he's not on the indies anymore. You don't need to damn near kill yourself every match. You just don't get me wrong. It's entertaining when he when he pushes the envelope like he does, but man, try to get a couple extra years out of your career. Like, you just don't. It doesn't need to be, you know hundred and ten miles an hour every single match. But I mean, overall, that match was amazing. I would like the different outcome. The outcome was pretty foreseeable. I would have sooner it not be him winning, but that's just me.
0: Who would you like to have seen gotten an opportunity to win?
1: I mean, realistically, I'd like to see Gargano get opportunity, but it'll never happen. I don't think he's, I think he's been pigeonholed as an NXT guy. And that's, I don't think he's ever going to get a big push on the main roster. Um, if they gave Jonah a go, or Bronson Reed, sorry, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to that. That'd be something different, something fun. Seth's been there, done that, you know, so there's there's no benefit from it being him. Uh, Montez, the only way you'd give it to him is if you're breaking up three profits. I don't know if you're going to do that right now, because tag team division is pretty thin as it is. If you take away them, well... You're down to the USOs. And that's about it.
0: Yeah, no, great assessment right, right there. So
1: that that wouldn't happen. Damian Priest. No, probably not. I can't see him getting any kind of significant push. Right? Awesome theory makes the most sense just with the direction you're going. It's just personally I would like a different option.
0: No, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you at all. <clears throat> Um, at the end of the day, uh, Bleacher Report gives this match an A+. Plus. This gives us an A+. Plus. A+. Now, plus. Yeah, that's the, obviously the highest you can go. Um, the one thing I do want to mention here is there's a lot of people that had mentioned before that they were selling the injury lot, the injury angle really hard with Montez Ford. From what I have found out, Montez was not injured But in fact, the reason why they did that was to get him out because Logan Paul came in and they needed Logan Paul to have room to do his spot where he did the buckshot lariat on to Seth Rollins to set up a match that right now is projected to happen at WrestleMania.
1: Interesting. Be a damn good match. Well, I think it's
0: gonna be a great match. I mean,
1: I was the first one to poo poo over Logan Paul. I thought it was foolish. I'll say this because my wife's not in the room. I was wrong. <laughs> I was 100% wrong. That guy's amazing. Yeah, he's good.
0: Right? He's very good. Very, so, very, very good.
1: Him and Seth, that's going be, to be a good match. We're
0: going to talk about the matches that are projected right now to be happening at WrestleMania. We'll go down those as well before the show's over. Just to kind of give you an idea of what to expect from... WrestleMania 39, which will be happening in Hollywood. But before we get to that, let's get to our main event. Uh, man, there's so much mixed emotion and mixed feelings with this match. This is Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn, the head of the table, taking on the former Oose who turned his back at the Royal Rumble. And now we're finding out where he really stands. And does he have anybody in his corner right now? Uh, The match itself, let's talk about it, but I don't think you could have gotten any more anticipation or excitement. I mean, the Bell Center, they said that um, it was a record for the loudest and longest uh, just uh, applause before two people had even touched uh, in the history of the Bell Center. And I think that was a big testament of how well they did this storyline and how beloved Sammy is as well.
1: Sammy is over amazing. And the Belser I've been there a couple times. It's like three hours from here. That place is loud. I've never been there for a wrestling event, but that place is loud. I've been there for hockey games. And it seemed a hell of a lot louder for Sammy Zane than for the Montreal Canadiens. And you need to realize, Montreal Canadiens, that's basically religion up here. Hockey is a big deal. But, oh, man, Sammy, he's loved. He is worshipped. He's going to get a street named after him. He's going to get a statue. We're going to have Sammy Zane Day. He might be next Prime Minister. Hey, better than what they got, right? Uh, he has his moments, too. The match itself
0: I thought was interesting because I really feel like Roman, Roman fed into this really well and really gave Sammy his kudos. He really... I think the thing about Roman Reigns that we don't appreciate or maybe some people are starting to appreciate is the fact of what he used to be when big moments would happen. Like he used to be very, very timid and he didn't really know how to live in the moment. The Roman Reigns we're watching now can live in that moment. And he is such a professional and he's so good at what he does. And because of that maturity, I think he and Sammy were were perfect for each other. It was a perfect match between the two of them. I mean, in so many ways it was a David versus Goliath. But we also can't forget that Sammy Zane is a damn good wrestler as El Generico. And he's no one to be taking for granted as far as his talents concerned. So, it was good. It went back and forth, a lot of near falls, a lot of false finishes where we thought Sammy was going to win the championship. Then we thought Roman was going to retain, but Sammy would kick out. It kept going back and forth and back and forth. Now, here's what I'll say. I'm literally utterly confused, and maybe this is because, you know, I don't get what they do. What is the harm in having Sami Zayn win against Roman Reigns? Because obviously what they're talking about doing is breaking the belts back up again, which is having one on Raw and one on SmackDown, which only makes sense. But what was so wrong about having Sami Zayn win? Was it a situation of you don't want Roman uh, limping into WrestleMania, having already lost a championship, and then yet, obviously, he will be losing another championship to Cody Rhodes, which we all expect to happen? Or do you think that there never was any intentions of having Sami Zayn win the championship? And if not,
1: why? Um, yeah, you're not going to have him go into WrestleMania, Roman, go into WrestleMania after he's losing a belt. You just can't do it. It's terrible business. No. I want to see Sammy win? Of course I did. That would have been the the feel-good underdog story. Everybody can get behind that. Most people, I should say, will get behind that. Everybody loves the underdog, right? Especially, you know, Sammy would have wanted it at home, in front of his friends, his family. You know, you get that whole Rudy type of thing going on. Mm-hmm. That would have been great. I just don't see Sammy as a guy who could carry the belt. Now, why do you say that? I don't know. I, I, I can't give you a good answer. I had this conversation with a buddy of mine. I don't know why. I just I just don't feel it. There's just something I don't think he has that it to be the champion. Unfortunately. I wish I was I wish I felt differently, but I just there's something that's missing. I don't know what it is.
0: You right? think he's too goofy and quirky and and he doesn't really have an, uh, an intimidating look or the way he's presented doesn't really give him a a real tough persona. I mean,
1: well, be Kofi honest. Kingston didn't have that either. He was champion. I mean, it this is, is true. Goofy, awkward, you know, eighties character, basically.
0: Do you think the the segment that Sammy did with Cody about asking do you, Do you think I'm worthy of facing Roman Reigns and all that kind of stuff? I felt like that wasn't in the best interest. I mean, I felt really weird about that after I watched it. What was your take on that? Did you feel like that didn't help? Or do you think in some ways it made him more relatable to the audience?
1: 100% more relatable. I love that. I I thought it was great because, you know, because he's playing up to the whole, the underdog. Maybe I don't fit in. Maybe I'm not good enough The self-doubt. And everybody can relate to that. We've all had that in our personal life, in our professional lives. Everybody has. So everybody relates to that. I don't have an issue with that at all. That was actually damn good, to be honest with you. I I just don't know what it is. See, Sammy is an odd and quirky dude outside of the ring. From what you hear, he's a bit odd. And when he just plays it up in the ring, maybe that's part of the reason why I don't know if people would get behind him get over. If he were your champion, here in Canada, he'd long, Obviously, just like Bret Hart was. However, you know, once you cross the border, Bret Hart wasn't so over. But up here, he was a superstar. right? And I think that's what would have happened if Sammy had won. It would have been uh, up here, yep. He's loved. Soon as you get across the border, nah, nobody cares. He'd never get over. And that's just not good for business because the bulk of shows were in the States. Yeah. And it's an American company. So okay. they're going to do us best for business. Well, they are as of now. What's that look for? I don't know. I just keep hearing all these weird noises. Are no-
0: those the Your voices? Your microphone is moving. Is this yeah. your microphone? I see. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I I guess I agree with you when it comes to that. I think that you're right. It it is something that you know they're not in the United or not in Canada very often. So you got to take that into consideration. Maybe it's just that it factor. Maybe it's just that gut feeling that you know Sammy is this good good. A good feel story, but maybe not enough, like a, a Mikey Whipwreck story, right? Mm-hmm. Where Mikey was that underdog, but he ended up winning the world title. Now he didn't keep it very long, but he did win it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I I feel like sometimes you got to go with the moment, and when the moment is gone, you you you're never going to get a chance to catch lightning in a bottle again. But it'll be very interesting <laughs> taking Sammy all the way to the top. Where do you go from there?
1: This, I don't know. I don't know what your next step is here.
0: I, I find it to be very confusing as, as far as to um, determine where you go from here. But um, Bleacher Report, what grade do you uh, what grade do you give this match? Me? Yeah. Oh,
1: it was, it was an A. Bleacher Report
0: gives it an A+. Like that's fair. Yeah. Really, really good pay-per-view all around. I think that if you didn't get a chance to catch it, definitely check out it's on Peacock. Um, or I guess if you're international, you can still catch it on WWE network. Is that correct? Correct. So you can do that as well. So check that out. Definitely check out the Sammy match, check out the women's Elimination Chamber match. I thought that went really, really well. And definitely that tag team match between Beth Phoenix and Edge versus Judgment Day. I think that will be one that you will definitely get a big kick out of because it was so, so good. And Johnny Gargano uh, left it all out there. Montez Ford uh, went a little berserko in the uh, Elimination Chamber. And that just all led up to Seth Rollins and Logan Paul, which will be happening what everyone believes is going to be at WrestleMania. So let's talk a little bit about WrestleMania because we got about six weeks and we got nothing else but Raws and SmackDowns before this big event is going to be happening. So let, let's go ahead and we'll, we'll start down at the bottom of the card and then we'll start our way back up. So right now there is some speculation that John Cena versus Austin Theory is going to happen. So Austin Theory at the post. Press conference was talking about Cena. Cena also WWE released uh, an announcement that he will be at RAW uh, upcoming. Um, There's also some thoughts about Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens coming back. Now I know Kevin Owens snubbed Sami Zayn on RAW this past week, um, but it looks like the goal is to get them together to take on the Usos for the tag team championships. So once again, if it does come to that, at least Sammy will get some type of gold. If that's the case, it does look like they're going to try to run back Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar one more time for the simple fact that Brock showed that he couldn't get out of the hurt lock. What's he going to do? Maybe it'll be a no disqualification type of deal. Um, We'll see what happens, but there is speculation that that match may happen as well. Another match that is being teased very heavily is Logan Paul uh, versus Seth Rollins. I think they're going to build that up really, really soon and really start getting that going as well. So for the matches that are being teased, um, Austin Theory versus John Cena. I think that's going to be kind of an interesting one. I don't really know where you go with this because John Cena is one of those guys. It's it's the old WWE model. Bring in a part-timer. Bring him in for a big WrestleMania. Does he go over Austin Theory?
1: No, God, no.
0: So you got to have Austin Theory beat John Cena at the biggest show of them all?
1: Yep. You have to. No, I mean, I agree. Bring Cena back for one night, have him beat Austin Theory because you know Mm -hmm. Cena's not coming back to. Where are you going with this then? Right. So then, okay, so you've buried Austin Theory now.
0: And Cena has oh, gone. yeah,
1: he lost to a legend, for Hall of Famer, whatever you want to call him. And, and Cena is all those things, but so Cena comes back, beats him. Austin Theory's stock goes down. Cena goes back to Hollywood. well How does that help WWE? It doesn't. Right. So that that won't happen. Austin Theory's going to win. I don't think it's going to be a. It, it shouldn't be a clean win. Now why? It just shouldn't because you're not going to bring Cena back and just have him just get straight up squashed
0: no I'm not saying a squash match but, but why is it that we use I feel like in a lot of ways they use um kind of a shit finish to save the face of the person that He's going to lose the match, but there was that excuse that they lost instead of just making one person go over another person straight and clean. Is that, that big of a deal?
1: Yeah, I think it is because Cena is still your legend and you want to portray Austin Theory as your heel so you have him go over Cena by cheating so he gets to win. He still has your heel. You know, you look at him as a bit of a dick. Right, Cena, you know, everybody's favorite because he's the, you know, the good guy, the wholesome, drink your milk kind of guy. And so he goes on back to Hollywood, but he doesn't leave looking like a bum because, yeah, Austin Theory won, but Three had to cheat to beat him. And Austin Theory can keep going forward. His stock is at the same level, maybe up a little bit because he's got the WrestleMania exposure. He's got the win over Cena. And he can just play that up a little bit more. That will make better sense than just have him go over seeing a clean. He'll get more heat by going over by cheating than what he will go over clean. He'll be he'll benefit significantly more.
0: What's your thoughts on eventually Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens coming back together to take on the Usos? You think if that match does come to fruition, uh, the titles will change
1: hands? Yes, and I hope it happens. My God, I hope that happens. The four of them will put off an amazing match. Like, could be the match of WrestleMania match. Even though they haven't announced the whole card, that match will be that good. There's no way. How could it not with those four?
0: Uh, let's also talk about a possible match. It looks like they're going to be building up to is Logan Paul versus Seth Rollins. I mean, we've seen Logan Paul in the ring with Roman Reigns. That was pretty incredible. Do you think he's going to be able to raise the bar again?
1: Yes. He'll raise the bar again because a little more experience, you know, in theory, you think he got a little bit better and he's in with a better worker. So I think they'll just uh, – no, no disrespect, Roman Reigns, very good talent. But Seth Rollins is a better in-ring talent. I would uh, agree. I, I think you would, yes. So I think you put two of them in together, that the match will be better than Logan Paula and Roman. That's going to be another great match.
0: I would agree with you on that. Um, let's go ahead and let's talk a little bit about – the other matches that are already scheduled already right now. So the women's raw championship, the champion Bianca Belair is going to be taking on Oscar. Now we know right now, Bianca Belair is the flag bearer of Monday night. Raw. Do you think it's uh, time to take the belt offer? Or do you think, you know what? You could have a great match with Oscar, not have her win. But still, it wouldn't be cooling Asuka off because the match was so good. Or do you think it's time for a change? And do you think you put the belt on Asuka? It's kind of getting a little confusing here. I think in my heart of hearts, Bianca retains. But I think it's a great match. Uh, What's your take on this right now?
1: Uh, Yeah, Belair is definitely going to win. I think that's that's foregone. Uh, They're going to have an amazing match. Two of them will put off a great match. And Asa's gonna lose, but her stock won't fall. I think she'll stay right where she is. No, and that'll be about it. Two of them together. There's no reason that can't turn out to be a great match. I agree. Right? Belair's power moves or whatnot. And Asuka with the, the scrappy MMA hollering, screaming, this new gimmick. She's got that nasty chip on her shoulder. Could be a lot of fun. Could be. Could
0: definitely be a lot of fun. Let's go ahead and let's talk about the SmackDown Women's Championship. Once again, right now it's looking like it is, well, not looking like, it's already official. It's set. From winning the Royal Rumble, Rhea Ripley officially gets her shot at Charlotte (coughs) Claire in the championship. Now, I think we all believe that it's going to be the crowning of a new SmackDown Women's Champion, which would be Rhea Ripley. Let me ask you this question. Rhea goes on. She becomes champion. What happens with Charlotte? Is this a situation where they start feuding and after the fact that the title match has already happened? Because I feel like Charlotte should probably start to go in a different direction after
1: this. It's an interesting question, Mike, that I was not prepared to answer. Um. Let me think about that one. Come back to me on that. I got to mull that over a bit. Yeah, we'll come come back to that one.
0: I I just personally feel like Charlotte Flair's had the championship for so many times. I feel like there's so many things that she could go on and do that have absolutely nothing to do with being the champion. And then when time comes, she could always come back around and and try to do that. Uh, Let's talk about what's going to be headlining the event. So far right now, it's going to be Roman Reigns taking on the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, in a very interesting storyline. Now, if you've been following this, Cody Rhodes has returned after a torn pectoral muscle, which he later re after he competed in Hell in a Cell against Seth Rollins, which was nearly 11 months ago now that we, we look back on it. He's come back. He is now uh, triumphantly Returned to the WWE at the Royal Rumble. He came in as number 30 and he won uh, after eliminating Gunther or Walter, however you want to refer to him. And he's on this quest. If you are following the Cody Rhodes story of winning the championship that eluded his family. And he said, this is the one thing that I came back to do now. Once again, I mean, if we look at it from this perspective, we all think that Cody Rhodes is going to be winning the championship against Roman. But here's a bigger question. What happens if that doesn't happen? What happens if somehow he gets super close, but it just doesn't happen? Would you see that as a big miss opportunity for WWE? Or do you think, no, they could just double down and make it even bigger As the pursuit of the championship continues,
1: well, it's a mess. Cody has to win.
0: I think he's back. They're backing themselves into a corner. I mean, if they go a different route
1: now, people are going to be unimpressed. To put it mildly, you can't. You you just can't. Uh, What would you benefit? What would WWE benefit from having Roman win?
0: well, Roman's already been the champion for 900 plus days. He hasn't really had a whole lot of challengers that have come close to taking his championship outside of what Sami Zayn has just done. You've built Cody Rhodes up. This is why you signed him and brought him back in is to be a challenger for the champion. If you don't win the championship, then yeah, his, his, his stock has definitely dropped significantly and you may not be able to get back from that.
1: no. He has to, even if they have him win, and he only holds it for a couple months, three months, four months, whatever, they have to have him win. There's just no two ways about it. If he doesn't, like you just said, his stock will go down, and you're going to be a minimum minimum, of a year bringing it back up to where he can challenge it in. And that's providing the fans are going to get behind him again. Because it's well, already dicey there with him leaving, coming back. As soon as he comes back, he gets hurt, and misses a year, or whatever it was handy too. Well, let me... I, let, I have him come back, and he loses. Now he's going to drop right down again. Well,
0: okay, let me ask you this. Let, let's let's just play devil's advocate. Say he does win the championship. Do you see him being able to be a guy that the... Comp- the, the, the WWE Universe gets behind like big time or is he just going to be I'm trying to think of somebody you could compare him to if he wins the championship Um, gosh I'm trying to think about somebody who won the title but really didn't have the whole universe behind him do you feel like he's the it guy I mean do you feel like you know we talked earlier about how we didn't think Sammy had the the it factor, right? He was going against Roman. He had a ton of momentum. They're not going to put the belt on Sammy because he doesn't have it. A little quirky, a little different, a little goofy. Cody is the, the exact opposite of that. He's always very, very serious. He's very intense. He's very emotional with his promos. He's mm-hmm. somebody who has that lineage of wrestling. And we, we've seen him grow up in this business. And I feel like that's the last thing that he has to do to really go ahead and, and solidify himself as a big name star but do you think that his title run is going to do you think his title run's going to last as long as Roman's oh god no okay so that's no. the first thing we don't think he's a 900 to a 1000 day champion
1: title reigns that are few and far between okay how many how many has reigns? there been in I the want to say there was only like five years. yeah yeah so bruno But that would have been the WWWF. I don't know if that counts. Hulk. Yep. Roman.
0: Uh, Who else held it
1: for a long time? Let's see.
0: Ten longest. Okay, here we go.
1: Pedro Morales, probably.
0: Let's see. Who held the championship the longest reigns? So number 10 was Hulk Hogan, his longest reign. I mean, he's been champion multiple times, Mm -hmm. but 364 days at one time. Savage had it for 371 days. He's number nine. Coming in at number eight is 371 days for AJ Styles. He is tied with Randy Savage. Uh, John Cena comes in at 381 days at number seven. CM Punk, as we all know, headed for 434 days. He comes in at number six. Pedro Morales, 1,027 days, which is a big deal. He comes in at number five. Number four, the aforementioned Bruno San Martino had a reign of 1,237 days. Once again, uh, this is crazy. Hulk Hogan is number three at 1,474 days. He is number three. Number two, this is insane. Bob Backlund, he's number two. He had it for 2,135 days straight. Uh, do the quick math here, but 365, or 2135.
1: A, by Six and a half years.
0: That's insane. But that's still yeah. not number one. Who is number one? Number one is even more. It is Bruno San Martino, who was two thousand eight hundred and three consecutive days. Do the math on that. Well, I'm working on three divided by three sixty five. Twenty-eight oh three mm-hmm. divided by three sixty five.
1: Seven point six seven years. We will never see that again. No,
0: absolutely not, because we're not in the day and age where that kind of thing would happen. But, I mean, so you said it's 7.6 years? Yeah. So
1: that's... Almost 7.7 years.
0: That's insane. That's
1: literally insane. For Roman to be 900 or whatever. Yeah, that's huge. That's two and a half years, pushing three years.
0: It is. It absolutely is. You're 100% right. I mean, that's
1: a long time some of those people surprised me. I never knew AJ had the belt that long.
0: Yeah, AJ had the belt for a long time.
1: Right, and I didn't know Punk had it for that long.
0: Punk had it for a really, really long time. Did you know Hogan had it for that long?
1: No. I knew he had it, obviously, but that, his reign was a long time. So Hogan
0: had it for uh, 14 dollars so do the math on that one.
1: Hopefully... Fourteen seventy-four? Yep. It's just over four years. That's insane. Raven, insane. That's a long time.
0: To be the champion. Absolutely.
1: You think you you think we're gonna be seeing the three year reigns, four year reigns going forward?
0: I think long title reign has a few interesting caveats to it. First of all, it has to be a situation where you have a unique personality, a very unique personality. But the second one is, and I almost feel like this is not necessarily something that you can write. Is there anybody that's that's up and coming that could potentially pose a threat to that championship? Was there anybody that we really thought posed a threat to Hulk Hogan in, in his heyday?
1: Nope. No ultimate warrior, but what that
0: wasn't that was until 1990. And I will say everybody was 50 50 on that one.
1: Yes, but um, he's the first one that pops into my head. Yes. Randy. That was really it. Andre, no, Andre was you know, wasn't what he used to be at that point. So really it's only two realistically you could say in what well, like you said and Warrior was 50-50 really?
0: well we we've discussed a whole lot about WWE and WrestleMania um right now i mean it's already a great card what do you think i mean where do you think this could fall in the pantheon of WWE history could this be a top 10 WrestleMania
1: well, judging by the card they got so far, absolutely. Well, those are some good matches. Are they're doing the two nights again, right? They are. I wish they'd stop that.
0: I'm not a big two night fan. I think you should keep it to one night. Keep it to about three and a half hours. And so, it's WrestleMania 39 different. is going to be coming to you live from SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, April. 2023 now you can register for an exclusive pre-sale offer on facebook and twitter as well you can also get your tickets still if it is not sold out which i think it's pretty damn near close to it because wrestlemania 39 will be taking place on april 1st and 2nd once again live from sofi stadium in los angeles California. If you're looking for tickets right now, you can go to Ticketmaster or you can go on WWE's website to see if anything is left. If not, you're going to have to go to Scalpers, my friends, and you're going to have to find out if you can get tickets that way. But it is going to be a huge, huge event. For more information on the upcoming card, continue to follow WWE.com and their two main shows, Raw and SmackDown, for more information and other matches that are going to be added to the card. Um, I want to change gears here for a minute if we can. And I want to talk about another big event that's going to be happening, but it's going to be happening much sooner than WrestleMania. And that's AEW's revolution. Now, AEW's revolution is going to be coming to you live on pay-per-view Sunday, March the 5th from San Francisco, California. Um, Got some matches already that are announced. you want to go through these and and do a little chit-chat about these and how interested you are about these matches? Of course. All right, let's talk about them. AEW World Trio's Championship. It looks like right now it's being set up to be the Elite versus the House of Black. First of all, I cannot tell you how excited I am about this, and I hope House of Black takes the titles. Would you agree with me?
1: Yes, 100%.
0: I think if you're going to keep Brody King, I think if you're going to keep Malachi Black and Buddy Murphy happy for the love of Pete, man, you got to do something with them. And I think the elite don't need the trios championships. They don't need them. I think if you're going to grow your roster and you're going to want to expose your roster to a broader audience, you're going to have to put the titles on someone else. I think the House of Black would be perfect for this right now. And I could really see them having a long
1: title reign would you agree i can't see why not i mean who would be their their solid challengers that you could get them back yeah they'll win death triangle hmm. they're good
0: they're, they're good a of,
1: they're a lot of fun to watch
0: they are a lot of fun to watch i'm just waiting for somebody else to kind of come along and, and i i talked about this i put this on uh twitter before but And there's some tag teams that I really, really like, but then there's some tag teams that I just kind of like, I scratch my head. Like what happened with, um, oh my God, I'm going to mess this up now. Uh, Reynolds, um, third quarter. Yeah. John Silver and, um, Alex Reynolds, Alex Reynolds. Why did that kind of become kind of a no thing? Like, I don't understand why they're not being prominently used. I mean, unless someone's injured, but I don't think that's the case. But but I feel like it's a no-brainer to have them deep into the tag team mix. Would you agree
1: with this? Oh, absolutely. That's a total missed opportunity. I don't know. I haven't heard of any injuries. You never know, though.
0: You don't, obviously. You don't ever hear
1: anything of them. The occasional run-in, that's about it.
0: And it's just, it's not good. It's not good. But the Elite's going to be taking on right now. This is the potential matches that are going to be happening. Stay tuned for more information. But we're getting pretty close to March 5th, so they better ski-daddle on that. So, the Elite versus the House of Black. Another match uh, that is being teased right now because he came back on Rampage last week with full silver hair. Keith Lee. Silver Fox. That's awkward. It's a little weird. But Keith Lee is back from his injury at the hands of uh, the Mogul affiliates. And he's looking to extract some revenge on Swerve Strickland. That match, it looks like it's going to be set up also for Revolution. Uh, Another match that we saw that got set up this past uh, Dynamite was Christian Cage made his return after Jungle Boy successfully got a win over Brian Cage. And it looks like it's going to be Christian Cage versus Jungle Boy, which leads you to believe at some point in time, we're going to have to see Luchasaurus come back. Now, I wonder if he's going to be no mask, or do you think he's going to stick with that reptile concept? What's your uh, What's your thoughts on bringing Christian Cage back and have him against Jungle Boy?
1: I think that's fantastic. I'm a big fan of Christian Cage. Uh, Jungle Boy's growing on me. I think that'll be a great match. Uh, Luchasaurus. I don't know what to do with him. I think you, you keep the mask gimmick going. I don't know why I think that. I just do. That's the first thing that into my head. Is that you would keep going with that. I can respect that. If you bring him back, he can't be Luchasaurus. No. Without a dinosaur. Without the mask and the, the reptile, then he'd have to be somebody else, whatever it would be. Whoever yeah.
0: he truly is.
1: Or, or you could go that route. That's true. You could. But I think you stick with the Luchasaurus gimmick, I think. For for me, to, to backpedal a bit, if I may, uh, Jungle Boy... I really enjoyed his match with Luchasaurus. Oh,
0: that was the, a great their, match! Their,
1: uh, cage match was fantastic. Yes, that was and that's really when I guess I kind of like, ah, okay, maybe he's not just a flash in the pan. Not too much to him. That match it got me interested in him much more. I concur. And yeah, him and him and Christian. There's no reason that's not a fantastic match.
0: Uh, we have another match that is being uh, kicked around right now. And it looks like it's going to happen. Chris Jericho versus Ricky Starks. And I feel like Ricky Starks is definitely getting momentum. Um, Man, just when I think Ricky Starks couldn't get any hotter, Ricky Starks, right? And Ricky Starks, let's be honest, does not need to wrestle Chris Jericho. But Ricky Starks versus Chris Jericho, it's a high-profiled match. It's going to be one of those matches that obviously you're definitely going to want to see. I feel like Chris Jericho is going to lose, and he's going to lose cleanly to Ricky Starks. And I got to think now, we'll talk about the World Championship match uh, a little bit later on, but you got to think that Ricky Starks has got to be somebody who's got to be willing to start competing for the, the, the title and, and trying to get another shot at max, but that's another big match. Um, A big match that is going to be taking place is going to be John Moxley. He's going to be taking on hangman Adam page in a Texas death match. Mm-hmm. That looks like they're going to try to settle their feud at revolution in a Texas death match. Um, do you think we're going to see John
1: Moxley bleed? No, not a chance.
0: Zero chance he bleeds. Is he nah. becoming the new Ric Flair when it comes to bleeding? Yes, too Ric, much. Ric Flair literally could blink his eyes and he would be bleeding. Yes. Um Ric Flair just—he was too much of bleeding. But I feel like John Moxley right now is just—it's too much. It's, it happens too frequently.
1: It—it it doesn't have the same feel wow to it. it. Yes. It's, At this point now, if I watched a Mox match and he didn't bleed, I think I'd be, oh, shit, he didn't bleed. Yeah. I'd I'd be disappointed.
0: As much as we don't want to see it all the time, we don't see it, we're like, what the hell happened?
1: You are 100% accurate. And that's not good. No. Because you you want the, the bleeding to be special. Because if it's all the time, then it's uh, not special, right? It's just it's not, right? Uh, I'm I believe it was Dustin Rhodes. Uh, he put a post out one time about it because he's he's bladed I and mean, he's also from the old school, but he's bladed a fair bit and he's saying you know it, it has to be something to it. It can't just be an all the time thing. It's got to be. There's got to be a payoff for the blood. Right. It can't just be. Yep, it's Wednesday night, so we know there's going to be blood on the mat because Mox has got a match. Then, no, there needs to be a a big payout for the blood. It can't just be a Wednesday night event. No, well said.
0: Very well said. Um, We have another big match for the TNT Championship. It's going to be Samoa Joe, who is the king of TV. He holds the Ring of Honor tag, or... (laughs) Ring of Honor Television Championship and the AEW Television Championship, which is the TNT Championship. He's going to be taking on the returning Wardlow. And once again, this is one of those situations where you've built Samoa Joe up to be this monster. And now all of a sudden you bring Wardlow back in. And, you know, Samoa Joe just beat Darby Allin. And now he's going to go ahead and he's going to drop it to Wardlow. Like, I yeah. feel like the, the the championship and I know some people said they don't mind if the the TNT championship goes back and forth, you know, so on and so on. But I still feel like it needs to kind of settle down a little bit. But I feel like Wardlow is going to get the championship at this point. I mean, would you agree? W- Wardlow, he's not going to come back. And he had a great sit down interview with Jim Ross mm-hmm. to not get. The title, it just wouldn't make sense
1: to me. No, Wardle's definitely winning his title. I mean, that, that's well, you can see that coming a mile away. There's no way, like you said, he comes back and loses. Just doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, it would be nice if they actually kept that title for a bit, had somebody hold on to that title for six months or so with that. But at the same time, it's 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 kind of like you know, your you're working class champion, the person who's going to be have a match every week on TV, so you're going to see it change hands more just purely due to the fact that it's going to be defended more. Right. Because it's, it's not very often that you see somebody have a long reign with like your IC titles, your TV titles and stuff, and they generally, for the most part, don't hold them for a long time. There are exceptions, honky-tonk, man obviously held the title for a very, very long time. But for the most part, those are titles that do get flip-flopped around a fair bit. But this is a bit much. This is it's too hot potato. Let somebody hold it and establish establish themselves as a champion, as a star. Just gives them a little more value. I think that would be the the better way to go with that.
0: Um, No, I agree with you. Let's see. Pulling something else up really quick. You just kind of have my eye on a topic. All right, let's see here. Let me see here. I'm trying to look to see the longest intercontinental reigns, the 10 longest intercontinental championship reigns. Shall we go down that road for a brief moment? All right. So these are the 10 longest WWE Intercontinental Championship reigns. So number 10 is Pat Patterson, who had it for 232 days. So he comes in, he clocks in at number 10. Number eight, Cody Rhodes had it for 234 days. What about number nine? He was number nine. You said eight. Number 10, Pat Patterson with 232. Number nine, Cody Rhodes with 234. Number eight, Shelton Benjamin with 244. So Shelton Benjamin. Um, The Rock held it for 264 days. Mr. Perfect came in at 280 days. He held it. Greg the Hammer came in at 285 days as an Intercontinental Champion. Who do you think was next?
1: Warrior. Not the,
0: ultimate, not the ultimate war. It was Don the Rock Morocco. He went in and had it for 384 consecutive days. Number three, the macho man Randy Savage clocked in at 414 consecutive days as the champion. Number two, Pedro Morales had it for 424 consecutive days and then finally who held it the longest man. the honky-tonk man at 454 days that is your longest reigns as champion for the intercontinental championship so that was a little segue i do apologize for that moving back to regularly scheduled program already in progress Let's talk a little bit about the AEW World Tag Team Championships. The Guns, the Gun Club, uh, upset the Acclaimed recently a couple of weeks ago. I was all for it, by the way. Um, it's time to start pushing a new tag team, build more stars. The Acclaimed is over, but would you agree? They don't need the titles at this point.
1: Oh, well, they're over for sure.
0: Yes, they do but not. Uh, need the they're
1: titles. fantastic. Oh, they've even rubbed off on me.
0: They do. And like you can rub off on butt, I tell you what, oh, that didn't sound right, but uh, let's go ahead. Let's talk about what's going to be happening here. So it looks like it's going to be a four-way dance for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. It's going to be the guns, the acclaimed, but then there's going to be two other teams to be determined. But any idea on who could be one or maybe both of those teams? FTR. Okay, you think FTR definitely could? What do you think else could be in that mix?
1: Lucha Brothers?
0: Quite possibly.
1: Um It won't be the Young Bucks. So that's not gonna happen. Correct. I don't, I don't see that.
0: Do you think it would be time to throw in um best friends, or do you think that, that window has passed?
1: Windows passed. I like best friends. If you're putting them in, you're putting them in just purely to fill a spot. You're not going to win. There's zero chance of them winning. You're just throwing them in, and that's all it's going to be to it. Just going to cannon fodder. You're just putting them in for them to get beat and lose and be irrelevant, unfortunately. And I I like best friends.
0: And you buried the shit out of them just now. (laughs) What? Oh, I'm just being it. honest, Mike So, okay So, let, let's talk about who you could throw in there So, what about Angelo Parker and Matt Menard 2.0 um, Obviously of the Jericho Appreciation Society Would you throw them in there?
1: You could, never thought of them
0: um, What about throwing uh, and- Andrade at Lidlow and uh, Roosh? No No? Um this is going to sound silly, but what about chaos project? Luther and Serpentico. No. Um, well, you can't put the, uh, the Kings of black. They're already in the, the trio. Uh, what about the mogul affiliates? Grandin. I don't even know how you say his last name. Gotsman and Parker Bordeaux. No. Hey, no. here's the tag team. We haven't talked about in a while. Private party.
1: Oh. Good call. Never never even thought about them. Yeah, I can see you putting them in there.
0: What about the team that's been super, super white hot recently, Dante and Darius Martin? Top flight.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's another good call that me being poorly prepared never thought of, yeah.
0: What about the Varsity Blondes? Brian Pillman and Harrison.
1: We're done they're they're finished are as no.
0: you don't think it's gonna happen?
1: No I like diversity bonds. you know that. I, I know think Griff do. Garrison's fantastic yes but sure. no. they're they're done as a type team
0: um gosh, there's so many other people that we could talk about here, but'll we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that um
1: So it's gonna be and whatever the other guy's name is. The yes. a baseball pitcher. Got tattoos on his right.
0: Now he looks, looks weird as hell.
1: Are they... Are they going to be anything?
0: You know what? I think Parker definitely could. Um... But the other guy... I don't even know if he's... Really gone through much training to be a wrestler so far. I think Parker definitely could. Um... I think he's going to be better as a singles guy. I don't think he needs to be in a affiliation. And once again, you build up these factions just simply to break them apart at some point, right? Mm-hmm. You build them up. So they are strength in number. Then after you have such an established faction, much like they did with a lot of them, the nation of domination, they were able to break different guys off there. Um, the corporation, they broke guys off from there you build things up just to break them apart. And that's where you were able to go ahead and get more bang for your buck. So I don't know what happens if it's a surprise tag team.
1: I'm all for it. Who are your surprise tag teams? What about Ricky and Robert? Oh, that would be cool. The nostalgia factor is there. It ain't going to happen though. You're. You're not a good person. Mike.
0: I'm not a good person. I never said I was. I never said it's a good person. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. He's looking for the hot tag, and it just doesn't come. Um. Anyway, so that is some tag teams in some matches. And then, obviously, the big one. The one that everyone is looking forward to, it is going to be the Iron Man match, the 60-minute match between Daniel Bryan and Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Um, what are you thinking about this one? You think this is going to be a good one, or do you think long
1: match? Uh, MJF in a one hour match, I don't know. Um, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, whatever the hell he is now, American Dragon, him doing it no problem at all. Don't you laugh at me? Him, he can do it no problem at all. MJF, has he ever had any kind of long match like this? That's a good question. Hours a long time.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, that's a great question. Let me ask you this question: Do you see the belt being taken off of MJF?
1: No, no, no chance. Not going to happen. Nope. And um, if he's going to lose, it'll be at double or nothing, all in, something. It'll be think- a, it'll be at bigger than than Revolution.
0: You think he's going to be? a champion for not quite a year
1: probably not quite a year
0: okay so let me ask you this question so in your opinion and we obviously we don't have a crystal ball we're looking at is he going to lose to somebody who is already a champion before like already an AEW world champion or somebody that has not been champion before Meaning, are we gonna run it back with a with a hangman? Are we gonna run it back with a mox? Are we gonna run it back with a I, I really think Jericho's not gonna get the belt back anymore, period. I think
1: it's over. Yeah, no. Jericho is he's just there to put others over. Correct. That's what he's doing at this point. Right. Um It won't go back to Mox, I don't think. Not right now. It should not, I agree. I'd like to see it on Hangman. That's purely for selfish reasons. Um,
0: I know who I would like to I'll, see it on. Who?
1: Eddie Kingston. That would be fine It'll never happen, but it's fantastic. I like where you're going with this. That I'd be all in on that. Man. I just don't. Eddie, Eddie's mouth is too big for his own good sometimes.
0: <laughs> he definitely has his own opinion. and He definitely likes to share it quite often. Yeah. And...
1: and I'm okay with it. But that type of attitude can ruffle feathers. And if your sponsor gets upset about it or something like that, or the so, you know, fans get upset about something he you said, you're done. Yeah. So unfortunately, he'd be a little too controversial and it couldn't tame him because then he loses his.
0: That's his edge. That's the whole thing. Yeah. I know who I think would be perfect. Also, I mean, so Eddie Kingston would be a dream for me to see him Mm -hmm. get the title. Who do I most likely think is going to win the AW World Heavyweight Championship after Max? Who do I think is going to beat Max?
1: Hopefully Ricky Starks, personally
0: but it's all about the boom, baby. I absolutely see Adam Cole winning the AEW world championship.
1: Oh, that's an interesting take. There
0: are some, there are some other things that are being tossed around right now. We did not talk about. Also, it's being thrown around right now. uh, Jamie Hader to defend her AEW women's championship at revolution. Jade Cargill to defend the TBS championship Orange Cassidy to defend the All-Atlantic Championship as well. And there's the big question. They're going to have the face of the Revolution ladder match, which means the person who wins that gets an automatic shot at the AEW World Heavyweight Championship, which is, oddly enough, what Maxwell Jacob Friedman did, where he was able to use his to cash in to become the AEW World Champion. I just feel like this is such a ripoff from WWE. You know what I mean,
1: but they all are, Mike. They're all ripping one another off.
0: Yeah, but I just feel like more ideas to come
1: up with. I don't know. You could still
0: have a a match to be the face of the whatever, but it doesn't always have to be something hanging, a briefcase, a poker chip, a contract. What what coal
1: miners glove. because we
0: all know. We all know everybody's got to have one of them because you Maybe. never know when you might get bit by a snake.
1: Don't need a coal miner's glove for
0: that. No, indeed you don't. I've never even seen a coal miner's glove. Wonder if you can buy those. I'm sure you could.
1: Amazon has everything. Amazon
0: does have everything. What's that? Uh, what's that? That? Uh, do you have Trader Joe's? No. Okay.
1: Never heard of
0: it. Do you guys have that gas station that everybody loves to go to, but it's really more than just a gas station? It's like this big, huge deal. Like, it's like a mall.
1: No? A gas station that's a mall? Yeah. Never heard of it. It's called,
0: like, Beavers or... Beavers. Beavers. Look look it up right now. It's it's it's
1: like a why gas station. I'm not gonna look up beavers gas station, that's gonna yeah. get me some Google reviews. No,
0: no. What I'm what I'm saying here is is there is a it's a gas station, but it's a big deal. Like, um why do I want to say
1: beaver? Um oh gosh. Gas station. Put Don't put mall. Don't put mall. No, that's gonna sound stupid.
0: <laughs> you brought it up, said it's gonna. No, mall. I did bring it up. I mean, like a mall. Uh, oh, I got it. It's Bucky's. Never heard of it. Yeah, it's called Bucky's.
1: Must be an American thing.
0: Yeah, Bucky's. So, so it's B U C dash E E S Bucky's.
1: Bucky's gas station. Here we go. See what this is all about. They just opened one up in Athens, Alabama. Oh, it's, that's Alabama. I'm not really surprised. <laughs> yeah, because Ohio's way better than Alabama. Uh technically, we are.
0: Since its inception in 1982, Bucky's is committed to providing a clean, friendly experience for its customers regardless of where you may find us in the united states our store is big or small it is not near nor far our mission remains the same um that's all they say about them so well, you they've got get, about 50 of them in texas yeah there's a lot of bucky's um so what is the deal here bucky's you, you can get gas at you can get gas at bucky's you get a lot of stuff at Bucky's. Let's see the locations here. I have any locations? Are there any locations near me? Athens.
1: One in Kentucky isn't that semi close?
0: Yeah, but that's Richmond. That's that's a ways away. Florence, South Carolina, Crossville, Tennessee. Jeez, Texas! Come on now. a ton of them in Texas. Lord have mercy, Lord! Oh my God! That's all of them.
1: Georgia, a couple in Georgia. Yeah. Nothing close to you. I still yeah. don't know what the big deal is. I got to see the inside of one of these. Let's see. You, you got to It's a big effing deal. Let's look at images.
0: Are you just on Google? Yep. Okay. I'm on Bucky's official website. I was on the website. Oh, okay. Bucky's gas station images. Let's see what this. Wow. Man, it it's it's interesting because it's got a bunch of pumps. Um,
1: but then it's got what else? There's a gift there? shop inside
0: of it, dude. Dude, I'm not even kidding you. Holy cow! It has how many pumps does it have? This is insane. Thirty pumps, maybe fifty pumps.
1: Well, there's one, in with 120 fueling spots.
0: My God! Um, I gotta look this up. I got I gotta find more.
1: Bucky's, ees southeast station. corner of Interstate 65, and Huntsville Browns Ferry Road. I don't know what town that's in though. Oh, that's the one in Athens.
0: I it has 120 pumps. This was as of September 3rd of 2020. The world record for the largest gas station is Bucky's in New Braunfels, Texas, with 120 gas pumps. It's a thousand parking spots and 68,000 square foot store. With over 55,000 square feet of shopping and 120 pumps and all kinds of food, stuffed animals, toys, and cute beaver mascots, this is the ultimate gas station that you've just never seen. The company's been around for 40 years, and if you're not from Texas, you don't have to be there to get there. They have currently 43 locations in the United States. I don't think they cross the border and go into your area. Aren't you a big Tim Hortons up in Canada?
1: Yeah, we got Tim Hortons. It Started up here.
0: Yeah, you got Wawa up there. No, what's that? It's a it's a yeah, grocery store. Nope. Yeah, it's not short for water. What a small child might say, Wawa. Man, interesting.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: I got I got nothing more. Is there anything else that you? Oh, by the way, I do want to throw this out here. One more, one last thing. Uh, Vince McMahon is asking nine nine billion. For WWE,
1: who's in the talks still, or has there been any new developments on that? I haven't seen I, nothing. I have no idea.
0: I, evidently, the Saudis are still somewhat in it, but I haven't heard of anybody else. Right now. at nine billion.
1: Yeah, but if you're getting the gallery or the catalog and library, whatever you call it, and everything else, right now it's a praise. lot of money, but but the, the the
0: business is appraised at uh, 5.71 billion
1: okay
0: as of 2020 it was appraised at 5.71 billion he's looking for 9 now granted 2020 was 3 years ago so i'm sure it could have been modified but are you certain 9 billion I don't think you're going to make your money back if you buy that company for $9 billion.
1: Really? You don't think so?
0: No. I don't know, Mike. You realize they're making a lot of the money because they got the Saudi deal, which is a big one. Which is a huge one.
1: Well, I don't know.
0: See. $9 billion.
1: <sighs> I mean, it's going to take you a while. You're not flipping that in five years.
0: No, but... That's just a lot of money, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, but hey, we'll, we'll so see what happens. The you're talking about billions, Think yes. about, like really, like, billions. Right? I remember when stuff used to sell for, like, you know, oh, such and such sold for 10 million dollars. Holy crap, that's a lot of money! Now, no, your average. A professional athlete contract is, you know, five, six, seven million a year.
0: That's right.
1: insane. Isn't it? Yeah. It's insane.
0: Yeah, I mean. I'll never see that kind of money. No. no not not in this lifetime, my friend. Not in this lifetime.
1: Nope. Join the club.
0: Is there anything else that we want to talk about on this week's episode? Anything else that strikes you as being interesting or?
1: No, I'm good. I'm just happy to be back on this week.
0: I was going to say we're back on, we're, we're doing our thing. And once again, I was on, uh, I was, I was unavailable last week. And I know that sounds like a kind of a cheap escape thing, but I was getting ready for a retreat that I go on with my school Had to be up at school at 6 a.m. So I was needing to get to bed quite early to get some stuff done. And it just kind of ran late. And unfortunately, we had to postpone the recording. But we're back. And you're getting a solid two hours of me and the ass man. Well, almost two hours of me and the ass man. That's pretty good. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Um, If you're looking for some woodworking projects and you're looking for some projects that you would like to go ahead and get done. The Ass Man, also known as Christopher Butt, would be more than happy to go ahead and talk to you. What is the best way for people to get a hold of you if they have some projects that they would like to run past you?
1: You can get me on Facebook, CB79, Wooden or I'm on Twitter, at GotNoof2291, at G-O-T-N-E-W-F-2291. That send me is... a message. Maybe we can make something happen.
0: I love it. Also, congratulations on getting your line of toys, um, getting more recognition as we speak. So any new updates on that?
1: Uh, my my contract is signed with that store. So as of March 1st, my toys will be for sale in their store. And there's a, a CFB Kingston. Uh, it's a Canadian Forces base. It's a big army base here in town. They actually reached out to me this morning. Uh, they put off a Three vendor shows a year, and they're interested in having me as one of their vendors. They have a show coming up in April. Don't know if I can do that one. That one's coming short notice, but we'll see. Oh, Mike, I have to sleep a little bit, you
0: know. Oh, come on, sleep's overrated. A big deal.
1: No, one day,
0: one day you're going to be worth billions of dollars. You're going to be in all stores all over the world, and you'll you'll look back and go, I remember talking to that guy. Yeah, or in
1: real life. One day, I'm going to be a thousandaire.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, if you're a thousandaire, I hope to be a air. Oh, please. Hey, I want to keep my my goals realistic. All right. With that being said, you can find our podcast anywhere fine podcasts are made available. Once again, we are on the MLW Radio Network. You can find us over at MLW Radio radio.com you can find us on Stitcher on iTunes on Spotify and all points in between's weekly podcast that's free i'm going to say it again free of charge anywhere fine podcasts are made available if you enjoy this podcast and you know someone who might enjoy it as well, go ahead and let them know. Tag them on a social media post. Send them the link and let them know that we are here. We'd love to hear back from you as well. So if you'd like to go on to iTunes and leave us a review, we'd appreciate that as well. You can also follow me on social media. I'm at Mike, M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. All put it together. Don't put two E's because I don't give anything away for free. It's the person? With that being said, for my broadcast partner, Christopher Butt from the Great White North, my name is Mike Freeland. It's been real. It's been real fun. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Front Row Material Brand. My name is Mike Freeland, and if you're looking for an exciting wrestling podcast to add to your library, then look no further than the Front Row Material Brand. Don't miss it. It's the Front Row Material Brand brought to you by the MLW Radio Network.